Merry Christmas. Our readings tonight tell a very simple story, the story of salvation set forth in the Bible. And they tell this story by following the central thread, as it were, from the beginning to the end. Now, sometimes we get lost in the weeds, but Christmas is an anchor that draws us back to the great central theme of the whole Bible. In Genesis 3, we saw that within moments of the very first sin, God's plan of salvation was put into action. And this plan entails sending a child. A just and holy God will not let sin go unpunished. So it is the announcement of a curse. But the merciful God will not let His children remain in the serpent's grasp. God sets things right by by joining the battle, by placing enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. God guarantees the ultimate victory through this child, and the rest of the Bible is the fulfillment of this promise, this plan. This story comes into greater focus in Genesis 22. We see that God's blessing of a particular man, Abraham, of a particular wife, Sarah, a particular family in their son Isaac, is at the same time a blessing for all nations, for the whole world. And in this episode, the sacrifice of Isaac on Mount Moriah, the same mountain where our Lord would be crucified, we see how the greater seed to come will be bruised, yet how he will crush the serpent's head. The Lord himself will provide, as the angel said. The Lord will provide the sacrifice. And the death blow meant for us, promised to us in our sin, will land on him instead. Nails and spear will pierce him through for me and for you. Isaiah's prophecy tells us more about this child. He will be born of a virgin. And by this fact, he will be known as Emmanuel, God with us, born of the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the light. We are the darkness. He shines in the night and makes it day. He is the son of righteousness. The royal child born of the house of David will be an eternal king. And the names that describe his saving reign pile up. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Lest there be any doubt who is the center and the hero of this great story, this drama. It is none other than the Lord Himself. Isaiah tells us the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Micah adds to this picture, telling us that the ruler will come from Bethlehem, the one who is from ancient days. With Isaiah and the other prophets, Micah reminds us that the one who is born to the little and to the least will become great and extend his reign to the ends of the earth. It is amazing to think that one birth among the billions that have taken place on this earth will be utterly unique from all the others. One birth among billions will be the one who was born to take away the sins of the rest of the world. And after the passage of centuries, the angel comes to the virgin, bringing her the gift of the ages. The question Mary asks rings in our ears, how will this be? I'm a virgin. And again, the center of the story is God, for nothing will be impossible with God. The work of salvation is impossible with man, but not with God. And Mary believes the word of the Lord. She believes it will be fulfilled. 
Not only the word of the Lord spoken first in Genesis and Isaiah and Micah, but the Lord's word spoken to her by the angel. God keeps his promises. The angelic message to Joseph again draws our attention to the virgin and Emmanuel, God with us. And among the angel's instructions to Joseph is to not fear, for the child his wife bears is from the Holy Spirit, from God. And not also included is this instruction, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Whenever I hear that verse, I think it's one of my favorite verses from all the nativity, I always think of that meme, you know, you had one job to do, right? Jesus was born with one job to do, and that is to save us from our sins. And Joseph is commanded to call him Jesus, to call him Savior. And he's also commanded to call on him as his Savior. And each and every one of us is as well. The angelic announcement coming to the shepherds likewise testifies to the centrality of Christ. This is the good news of great joy for all people. That this is the promised child who will bless all the nations, great and small. This is Jesus, the Savior, also the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. The Savior comes to these shepherds out in the field, not in military might or regal attire, Not in the king's armor or mounted on a steed. The angels say, go and you will find him in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. He needed only to clothe himself in humanity, in our humanity, to save us. That he might be great in his weakness, that he might be perfected in his suffering. Matthew's wise men remind us that the nations would seek And respond to the coming of the Savior. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This promised child was not only the fulfillment of Israel's hopes. But the solution to the world's greatest problem. And the gifts they bring are the riches of the world. As the prophets had foretold. Now John's gospel that closes our lessons. Contains no nativity. No birth account. Yet it is a grand testimony. That it is the miracle of Christmas that is at the center of the Bible's big picture. Christ is the center of God's saving work. John's words paint an impressionistic and yet a historic picture. He starts at the beginning, creation. And the eternal word of God's creative act. Indeed, he starts before the beginning because the word already was when nothing yet is. The word, a great light shining in the darkness, is truth. As our confession testifies, in the midst of his beautiful poetry, John reminds us of our sin. He calls us darkness. We are all in ignorance. The world did not know him, he says. But John also shows how the dawning of this light, the word becoming flesh in the birth of this child, points to our new birth. To all who believed in His name, to all who call Him Jesus, Savior, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. God, the eternal Word, 
was born of a woman, that we might be born of God, that we might be born again. Is there any more clear statement that God is the hero of the story? That salvation is of the Lord, that He saveth us. Born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Dear believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, dear unbelievers who have not yet been born again, behold this truth. Behold Jesus, your Savior. Look on Him, believe on Him, and see your new birth. And be, they, they say, born again in Christ our Lord. Let us sing now as the wise men, with great joy, joy to the Lord, number 299.